what's up Mzanzi? Welcome to episode 372 of Farmers Inside Track. I'm your host, Octavius Pandil. Now, worm control is not only essential for animal health and welfare, but also crucial for the economic successes of livestock farms. By implementing strategic deworming programs and appropriate parasite management strategies, farmers can ensure healthy animals, improve productivity, and a more sustainable future for their operation. In this episode, Dr. Takula Schumer, a specialist veterinarian, is recognized for his expertise in cattle herd health and significant contributions to cattle nutrition and fertility, and currently a senior lecturer at the Faculty of Veterinary Science at the University of Pretoria, shares his expertise on worm control in livestock. Dr. Takula Schumer, welcome to Farmers Inside Tech. I'm so excited to have you with us today. We are delving into a really cool topic, worms in livestock, and you will be teaching us a little bit more about that. Can you perhaps tell us what are the clinical signs of worms in livestock? Thank you, Octavia. We get different clinical signs with different worms. I can mention here in general, clinical signs like weight loss, clinical signs like poor coat condition, diarrhea, anemia, weakness, bulky jaw, and in some cases, visible worms in feces. This is in general, we shouldn't expect these signs with all types of worms. So I think the specific signs will depend on the specific worms that we're dealing with. It will also depend on the specific animal and animal type that we're talking about. Let's delve into those specifics. Let's talk about the specific animal and what kind of signs are those. For example, I can say if you're dealing with some roundworms, we can talk of emoncas in sheep, for example. Obvious clinical sign that you would expect and which I would expect farmers to be familiar with would be a bottle jaw. So a bottle jaw is a little bit of swelling under the jaw. That's one sign. The other sign you'll get is anemia or paleness in the eyes, paleness in the, like if you open in the back, the animal looks paler than it should be. So that's another specific clinical sign that you get in certain animals when they have got pneumonchus. Other worms, for example, if we talk of flukes, they will also give you a bottle jaw. They can give you paleness. Some worms will give you diarrhea. It's really a long story. Let's reserve the specifics for later. Which animals are prevalent for worm problems, specifically in livestock? All <laughs> livestock can be affected by worms. Let's talk cattle, sheep, goats. I will exclude horses, although they also qualify under livestock. But I would say in my experience, I've seen that although all these animals will be affected by worms, sheep tend to be affected more than the other. So I would say your sheep are probably going to be the most susceptible ones, and then goats and cattle. But let's not miss the point. All livestock can and will be affected by worms. And is there a specific season, or is it an annual thing? What is the specific advice for farmers here? Wildest worm infestations can occur throughout the year. In other words, any time of the year. There are certain conditions such as a warm climate, moist weather, that can favor the development and transmission of these worms. So you'll find that when you talk of wet seasons like your spring, your summer, it's wet and hot. This is where we tend to get most of the outbreaks. But again, don't get me wrong, animals can be affected throughout the year, although most of the infestations 
will be seen in the warm and wet seasons. How often should livestock be dewormed in consultation with a vet? There is no one-size-fits-all type of answer to this question. Whereas on one farm, it may be necessary to deworm once. I've seen farms where it's necessary to deworm even as frequently as every two weeks. So I think the important message here will be the deworming frequency depends on factors like the type of livestock, the local parasite burden on the farm, management practices as well. So I would misguide you if I gave you a figure like once every two months or once every year, because it depends on the specific farm that we're dealing with. The best response I can give Octavia here is rather regular consultation with a veterinarian is more crucial than just a time frequency. So the veterinarian is very key because it's going to help a farmer develop a program that is specific to their scenario. Let's delve into an example. I had a client, he was a new farmer, obviously he had started with beef cattle. So I don't know where he got the advice that he must deworm every two months. So every two months he was deworming every two months. Fortunately, he got us involved at an early stage. We said to him, whoa, 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 this sounds like it's too much. And this can translate to a lot of runs, a lot of money. This DOM has cost a bit. So we got into the situation. We analyzed the situation. We realized that once every two months was unnecessary. So we slowed it down and said, let's reduce it. Let's stop these regular DOMings. Rather, let's do what we call a fecal egg count. We kept on monitoring worm eggs that are passed in feces. So this is just a way to monitor if there's a lot of worms on the farm or not. You won't believe this, but we ended up not having to deworm every year. We would almost go for two years before there was a need to deworm. And when we dewormed, it was not necessary to deworm every animal on the farm. We had to deworm certain edge groups like cows that are being weaned. I would really be misguiding you if I gave you a frequency that everyone must follow. It depends on each specific farm. I also get these type of questions a lot. Sometimes from farmers that are not even in South Africa, I don't know whether they, they meet my contact somewhere and then they phone and they just ask for a program. Trust me, I've never been in Mozambique. I don't know what kind of challenges there are. So I am a vet, but I may not be suitable to advise under those circumstances. So I think the point I want to underline here is not just a vet. A farmer must have a, a relationship with their veterinarian. This is so important. What can actually be used to treat worms? We have got medicines, let me use that word loosely, that are called anti-helminthics. In ordinary farmers, they talk, let's call them dewormers, which means they kill worms. So broadly speaking, dewormers are used to treat worms. So I wanted to be clear that it's not all anti-helminthics that kill all worms. Certain or specific anti-helminthics kill specific worms. Once again, the relationship with the vet becomes very important because the vet knows that this medicine treats this specific worm. I can show again another example where one farmer had a neighbor. So the neighbor had a worm problem and then he dewormed with a product that contained ivermectin. Ivermectin is just one of the dewormers. Like I said, there are many dewormers that are in the market. So one farmer, the neighbor, dewormed with ivermectin and it worked well. This other neighbor now thought, when problems, I must just use ivermectin. And then he tried ivermectin. He did not get the intended results. In other words, the diarrhea and it continued. So the farmer then says, either ivermectin does not work 
or now my worms are resistant to ivermentin. In which case, that was not true. It's just that the farmer had a different type of worm that does not respond to ivermectin. So once again, I'm careful here not to mention names of products because I don't want anyone assuming that this dewormer will solve my problem. The person who can advise you on which specific dewormer would be your head veterinarian or your flock veterinarian. So to answer your question in brief, the medicines that we use are called antihelmintics, but the specific one for your specific situation, get proper advice from your veterinarian. Look, what can a farmer do to prevent worms in livestock? We must accept that we will always live with worms in farming. We cannot eradicate them. I think that's an important fact to accept. So whatever we do is to mitigate or to reduce the damage. But let's not fool ourselves and assume that we can get rid of all the worms and live happily ever after. So we will always have farms in our animals. We just need to learn to live with them. So there are various approaches that need to be taken to prevent worms or to reduce worms in livestock. There are things such as, for example, your rotational grazing. You'll find that we have got some worms that attack certain animals but don't attack the next animal. Let's say we have got a sheep and a horse. There are certain worms that are specific for sheep, but that will not attack horses. So imagine if we have a grazing system where we put sheep. So while sheep are grazing, they're going to be contaminating that pasture with certain worms. But after that, we put horses to actually mop up those worms because there were still infective stages, but then the worms are going to die. So it means that pasture rotation system can kind of reduce or clean some of the worms after the sheep. So pasture management is just one approach. Maintaining proper sanitation, for example, around your water troughs. If you keep that place clean, you don't allow a lot of water to spill or leak, keep it dry, that would reduce the survival of the worms in those circumstances. There are practices such as, for example, when I buy a new goat or a new cow, instead of taking that cow straight into my head, I need to keep it in quarantine. So you treat it for worms in quarantine before introducing it to the rest of the herd. That will help prevent or reduce the worm burden. We can use our dewormers to prevent an outbreak of worm problems. To answer the question, there are many practices that must be looked at together. I'm afraid sometimes we focus on dewormers as the only thing that we need to use when dealing with worms. But actually, no, there are a lot more other things that we need to look at. For example, if your animals are healthy, I'm talking about cows now. If you're you're having healthy cows that are well-fed, their chances of coming down with a worm problem are much less than skinny animals whose immune system is also struggling. Can I introduce a word here that it's better to look at this thing from a bigger picture, what other people call the holistic approach. Instead of just trying to control worms by killing them, step back a little bit and manage the pasture, manage what they eat, manage their health and all other things. The housing that they live in, for example. Just before I get to the program, what kind of worms are prevalent and are they all harmful? Yes. Let me say broadly speaking, we can talk of three types of worms. I'm talking about round worms, which you normally call nematodes. So these round worms, once again, they don't all affect the same organs in the body, but I'm sure farmers will be quite familiar with the gastrointestinal round worms. 
that we find either in the intestines, in the gastrointestinal tract. But we have some roundworms that affect the lungs. Maybe I'm sure farmers would know lungworm. We do have roundworms that affect the eyes. For example, there's telasia. We have got roundworms. It's the same type of worm that which can be found in different organs. We also have got worms called tapeworms or flatworms. We also find them in different organs, like in the liver, in the gastrointestinal tract, etc., etc. We have then the fruits or trematodes. So I'll say, broadly speaking, those would be the three broad types of worms. And these worms, some of them are deadly. Some of them are harmful, but not as deadly as others. For example, there are some that will suck blood until the animal dies. There are some that will just affect the eyes and her productivity goes down because something is bothering her. She's not going to die immediately from those worms, but it's going to be a long process of suffering. Then we do have, especially from your tapeworm group, we do have some that are believed not to be harmful at all. Now, the animal can live with them. So I can say here that it's important to work with someone who then knows the specific worm that we're dealing with and its effect. For example, you don't want to spend time deworming every month because you're dealing with a tapeworm that is not so harmful to your livestock. Yet at the same time, you don't want to ignore if you're dealing with a highly deadly humongous worm. So not all the worms are the same. They don't all affect the animals in the same way. Is there a worm control program that farmers can work with? And what does that look like? So the best worm control program that farmers can work with is having this relationship that I'm emphasizing with their veterinarian. Because for one farm, the program may be very intense, deworm every month. For another farm, the program might be deworm every two, two years or something. What's important is in the program, whatever program your veterinarian is going to give you, you must have a way of monitoring if worms are back on the farm. And that is done through regular collection of fecal samples. The veterinarian is going to look for worm eggs in the feces. And if there is no problem, there is no need for a regular deworming. So I'll say the best program is just to have your veterinarian on the side. If I try to prescribe one program that fits all farmers here, I'll be misleading people and mm. that won't go well with me. Thanks so much, Dr. Dakula Shuma a specialist veterinarian, senior lecturer at the Faculty of Veterinary Science at the University of Pretoria. For more on the topic, visit www.foodformzanzi.co.za. And this week, meet hashtag soul sister, Portia Mushuehu, whose journey from inherited land with no utilities to broiler farming and agro-processing clearly shows relentless passion for agriculture. I first started planting spinach since it was the easier crop to start with. And it's also an easy crop to actually test your soil with. But I've planted almost everything on my farm. So some of the plants don't grow. That hence I'm considering doing a hydroponic. And I'm also supplying broilers. Currently raising about 2,000 broilers and supplying to my local market, which is going very well, that one. Actually it's helping me a lot to actually maintain my farm. I can be able to pay my workers from the money that comes from the broiler part of farming. Portia is one of the phenomenal women selected to participate in the 2023 Hashtag Soul Sister program. Catch a full interview on www.foodformzanzi.co.za and on Foodformzanzi's YouTube channel. And that's a wrap. 
Remember to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. From me, Octavius Pandil, our technical producer, Megan van der Feind, and the rest of the hashtag Team Food from Zanzi. Thanks for listening. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food for Mzanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.